Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from James 1, 1 through 18. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to James in your Bible. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given you. But ask in faith, never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up, and the rich in being brought low, because the rich will disappear like a flower in the field. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the field. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. It is the same way with the rich. In the midst of a busy life, they will wither away. Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. Then, when that desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my beloved. Every generous act of giving with every, great, with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. All right, thank you, Sam. That is the uh, word of the Lord for us today. Well, we, uh, last couple of weeks, we've been in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Mark, not Matthew. We've been in the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to take a little break from that for uh, the next several weeks, and we're going to look at uh, James, the book of James. And we're going to read most, uh, we're going to read most of the book of James. Um, we, won't, we won't talk about all of the verses. If we did, we'd be here quite a long while because there's some really, really, really good stuff. I know some of you guys had had did that in the Bible study, um, but hopefully this will not be to repeat. I don't think it will. It'll be good, hopefully. Uh, Well, we don't know a whole lot about who James is. Uh, And uh, some people think, excuse me, that he's uh, the disciple that uh, is often mentioned in in, uh, the Gospels or he's the brother of Jesus. Um, And uh, the, the... commentaries that I consulted about this had like a, a different opinion for each one of them and they all had like 30 pages of opinion and so I thought today that I would just read that to you um, so that you would know who James is uh, no I, I mean like I found it incredibly boring and if I find it boring you all are going to sleep so uh, what I decided what I what I lean landed on is the fact that James is someone within the the early Christian community who has uh, authority within the early church. 
And this is someone who, who has, has authority and obviously knows what some of these people are going through. And so that's who we're going to say James is. Um, and we don't, unlike Paul's letters where we, we get like Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the church and whatever, uh, we don't necessarily have that in, in James. So we don't know a whole lot about the, uh, the, the occasion for James writing this letter. All we get is, uh, uh, is we get this at the very beginning, something like, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Uh, and uh, so it's, he's, he's talking to Christians who are kind of scattered all around the known world. Now, there were Jewish people living all around the known world for a couple of reasons. One, as a leftover from exile, um, when Israel was defeated, and uh, this is all before Jesus, right, and kind of scattered about. Uh, and at the same time, after Christ, there was persecution of Christians, not just in Jerusalem, but in Rome as well. And so Christians and uh, people were, were scattered all around. And so James knows this, and he's kept tabs on some of them, uh, and through his whatever, his travels, and kind of the networks that happened for the early church. And so he's writing to these people who are scattered about during a, a rather difficult time when uh, trials and persecutions were happening. Uh, if we were, if you were to sit down and read James all the way through, it, it may seem a little bit disjointed. Um, and some scholars think that, that James is just kind of a compilation of a whole bunch of different sayings, uh, uh, different bits of wisdom and, and advice. And some think, no, there's an inner coherence uh, that this is written down and there's a logic to where it's going like you would find in all of Paul's letters. And so I'm going I'm to take that approach. I'm going to take the approach that what James is saying, it's not just a collection of different, of different things, but that it is, well, that it's a, it's a coherent thought from, from beginning to end. And even as it may not always seem that way, uh, that's how we're going to approach it. Um, and there are a lot of themes that James waves, James waves, weaves back and forth. Um, and... Uh, so to, if I were to just focus on one of them, like he's kind of known for that taming the tongue thing, that, that whole part, that's really a famous part of, of his letter, and we'll get to that. Um, and that's an important, but it's part of what he's saying. And I, I think if we had to say that the book of James has one specific purpose, it would be James is, well, he's wanting us, he's wanting his friends who are scattered all around the known world to live in an authentic and Christ-like community where they treat each other, where they know each other in authenticity, so they're not like fake with each other, to where they, they treat each other well, where they love each other in the way that Christ has loved them. And so that's kind of the overarching thing that we're going to use as we go through this. So everything that James will say uh, everything that he will encourage us to do or not do is aimed at us being able to live with one another in authentic community, to where we, we are known and know other people, to where we can encourage each other in our walk, in our faith, to where we can uh, help each other love each other and love the world that surrounds us. Uh, so that, that's kind of where we are going in the book of James. Um, at the beginning of the letter, James says, uh, he says this, My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it but joy. Now, we've already said that there are persecutions and things like that happening all over the place. And James, James kind of, I think he's wanting us to realize that, like, 
if you are truly and faithfully following Jesus Christ, that it is not a matter of if you will uh, suffer some kind of way, uh, but it is a matter of when. Uh, now, we're really blessed here in America that, that we don't have a lot of the persecution that happens in a lot of places. Um, we have freedom to gather together and to say the things that we need to say uh, to, to proclaim the kingdom of God in its fullness. So we are, we are grateful for that. But even if, even if things got bad, James would tell us, James would tell us, the persecutions that you are facing well, that's just a part of being a follower of Christ. And your attitude about them is to be one of joy. Now, that's hard to swallow, right? Because nobody likes being picked on. No one likes being persecuted. And we, we don't even know what that feels like. But nobody likes it, I imagine. Um, and, and so this is kind of going to be a, a theme that happens through here uh, as we go along. Well, he says, he'll go on to say, these things, these trials and... and uh, Persecutions, they produce mature character uh, that you can learn and grow through the bad things that happen to you because of your faith. I'm actually a big fan of trying to learn from all of the bad things. Uh, it's not just like persecution. So like if I do something wrong, if I, you know, if I get in a fight in it with my wife, I learn what not to do. Uh, after that, or just, you know, in leading the church, well, it would make a dumb decision, and we're like, well, I learned it, it not to do something. It, it encourages us towards growth and maturity. Well, we're going to skip a couple of verses, and, but he comes back to this, and it, it's, well, he says this, blessed is anyone who endures temptation, such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Uh, now, persecutions and trials, so those are kind of external things that happen to us, and temptations are not the same thing, right? Temptations are things that you and I experience that, that draw us to doing things that we shouldn't do, that aren't helpful in helping us to love our neighbor as ourselves or to love God with all that we have. Uh, but I think the ideas that James is dealing with are the same, Th that these things, trials and persecutions and temptations, that all of these things, that we should face them, oddly enough, with joy. And that if we're able, if we're, if we're willing, that as we go through these things, that they can produce in us maturity and wisdom. Now, in the midst of this, there, there might have been some who, um, within James's friends, uh, that began to think that, that all of these things that would happen to them were because God was... God was throwing these things in their way. Uh, that temptations were caused, they were uh, occasions of God testing his faithful people to see them. Uh, and so he, he offers this bit of, of wisdom. He says, no one would tempted should say, I am being tempted by God. So here you have this context of persecution and, and trials and temptation, and there's a, a, a temptation to see all these things as being caused by God, especially if James is saying to them, like, these things are going to produce in you maturity and growth, right? Uh, but James is saying, no, 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 no. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying that these bad things that are happening are a result of what God is doing, well, he's trying to 
grow you through difficult things. Uh, I, I will admit that this is kind of like, uh, that when I think about some people thinking that God tempts us in this way, like, like think of it this way. Let's say God is up in heaven and he says, let's throw some kind of temptation at, G- at Jason and see how he does with it. And if he, if he doesn't do the temptation thing, if he doesn't do the sin, well then great, then I will know that he is a faithful follower and I will bless him richly. And if he doesn't succeed, then I will know that he's a terrible human being and he will miss out on my love and my grace. Now, uh, I say that, I can say that because I think that at different times in my life I have believed something similar. Uh, the fact that, that, that things that have been bad that have happened have been uh, things sent by God to help me to be a better person and that I've, if I don't do it just right, if I don't do it just right, then God won't love me as much or I'll miss out on some kind of good gift that God is giving me. And I don't know if that's just me and some of my, uh, my religious baggage. Uh, I, I, so I, I, I don't know if that's you or not. Um, but that is, that's where I end up coming from. Um, now, we have to admit that, that in the Old Testament, there are some characters uh, where, God, where we're told that God tests them. And I, we don't have time to go into like, how we might read those particular stories, um, but I don't know that we should protect, project God's behavior in the Old Testament in those circumstances into the here and now, because the Old Testament is lacking God's fullest revelation of who he is in Jesus Christ. Uh, and if all of that doesn't make any sense to you, I would love to gather with you and drink coffee and talk about it. Uh, someone has suggested that we have a, a Monday morning kind of sermon debrief where all of the things that I say you get to pick apart uh, and we can have a conversation about. Uh, if that's something that you want to do, let me know and we will make it happen because uh, I, I love talking about these kinds of things. Nobody wants to talk on the Monday morning. Oh, all right. That's Becky back there. Uh, all right, so he goes on, he says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one, but one is tempted by one's own desires, being lured and enticed by it. Then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and that sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Uh, so he's going, he's like, it's like, no, God is not tempting you. God is not trying to find out if you are a good person or not because guess what? God already knows that you are not as faithful as you should be. God already knows what's inside your heart. God does not need to test you or tempt you to find out that you are a sinful person because God already knows that. And there's really good news in that because as Apostle Paul says, like that while we were still sinners while God knew that we were unfaithful people, Christ died for us. That's part of that faithfulness about which we sung just a little bit ago. So he goes on and he says, for God cannot be tempted evil by himself, no one tempts him, but one is tempted, we'll go back to that one, but one is tempted by his own desire and lured and enticed by it. So James wants us to know, this is, this is I think, I think this is crucial for helping us to understand how we live together in a community of faith. James wants us to know that when you sin, it is not God's fault. It's your fault. 
It's my fault, right? And, and he, he <laughs> uh, I got just, Becky, you're not having a bad influence on my child, are you? Okay, so he, he, he uses this, this kind of conception birth metaphor. He says, the temptations that you have are a result of your desires. They are things that, that most of the time are good. They're, they're good things that God has given to us. And your desires, but they get all out of joint and all disjointed and disordered, and you begin to dwell on them just a little bit too much, and they take on a little too much significance, and you think, ah, I really want that thing, and I want it more than I should have it. Insert whatever it is the thing that you struggle with. He says, well, you have these temptations, and they come from your desires that get a little out of whack, and they're like, they're like it's like the pregnancy thing. Uh, your desires, they get a little out of order, and then they, they conceive, and little baby sin is brought into the world. Well, in you. And then, and then if, you, if you keep on that trajectory, now, we're a hopeful bunch of folks, and we believe that God is always providing a way for us to resist and run away from the sin and the temptation that we face uh, from within. So it's not too late. But little baby sin begins to grow. And if we don't do anything about it, little baby sin grows into child sin, which is just a little bit bigger and causes just a little bit more trouble. And if we don't do anything about that, it grows into adolescent sin, which is terrible. Just kidding. Uh, which just continues to grow. And if we don't let it go, it grows even more. And it, it is full-blown full adult sin that becomes what sin always becomes, which is death. Uh, again, there's grace. There's always an opportunity for us to turn from the things that have captivated us, walking towards sin and death, and turning and walking towards grace and life in the power of the Spirit. But this, this is what James is saying. This is, this is what's happened. If you don't watch it, this is what happens. Now, it may not be physical death, right? It may, it may be, um, well, spiritual death. It may be the death of relationship. It may be um, the death of health. Lots of sinful things that you can do that just absolutely wreck your, your body. I, see what I'm saying? They're like, it, it leads towards the brokenness of humanity. And, and I think... Uh, he goes on to say this. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation in change, uh, due to change or shadow due to change. Uh, in his own, in his familiar of us, of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become the kind of first fruits of his, uh, of his creatures. So we absolutely cannot say that God is tempting us. We, we say that, that that is us doing that ourselves, and we confess that every generous act of giving is a perfect gift from God. Now, think about this for a second. We confess that all the good things that we have in this world are from God. Uh, that we can't blame God for our sins because God is always working for the restoration and the the renewal of his good creation. And if God is tempting us to sin, uh, the world doesn't get any better. 
you, you, don't, throw, uh, you don't throw mud uh, in clean water to make it more clean, right? Because it's like counterproductive. That was as best I could do at the moment. I hadn't thought about it through yet. But God is giving you and I, even though we are unfaithful and sinful people, he's giving us the strength, uh, the gift of truth and life so that we might be people who resist our own temptations and sinfulness. That we might find that when we are tempted that we do not let that temptation conceive and give birth to sin. But that if we do, that we, we find that little baby sin and we, we do something about it and we confess it and we ask for the Spirit's help to do better. And on and on and on. It is so that, it is so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. This is, this is, excuse me, this is what I think that the overarching theme of James's letter here, excuse me, is that he is giving us the things that we need to live in community with one another. Y'all need the church. Christ has provided the church for us so that we might grow in wisdom and maturity through the trials and temptations that happen in the world and all of the disordered things that you're struggling with as you learn and grow from those things in the grace of God for our own renewal and cleansing. The Church of Nazarene, we call this sanctification. It's the work of the Spirit in our lives to cleanse us and to purify us, to root out sin and selfishness so that you and I might look more and more like Jesus Christ. And we're to look more and more like Jesus Christ, both as individuals and as a community of faith, so that we might be for the world an extension of Jesus Christ in it. But we can't ever, we can't ever be God's first fruits, his hands and feet in our world until we are trying to work those things out with each other in community. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I think it makes sense to me. This is where we learn, not just how to be Christian. It's, it's not just where we learn how we can have a great and wonderful relationship with the God who created us. It's not just where we learn how uh, we get to spend eternity with the God who created us in an unbro unbroken relationship. But it's how and where we learn how to be God's people, the first fruits of his redemption and salvation in the world for the sake of our neighbors. We learn that as we do that in community with one another. Wisdom is, um, wisdom is one of the things that kind of comes and goes through this letter. And, and I think, if I have to bring that in here, the wisdom that James wants us to know here and now is the wisdom to know where our sinfulness come from and where our ability to defeat that sinfulness comes from. We are our own worst enemies, but thanks to the faithfulness and the goodness and grace of God, 
God is working in us if we allow him. And he's working within us as the body of Christ, as the believers, so that we might go and offer God's gifts to the world around us. We are learning to love God with all that we have. We are learning to love our neighbors that you're sitting beside now as Jesus loved us. And as we are doing that, we are learning how to love those in our community. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace and your faithfulness. Thank you that you aren't tempting us or trying us to see if we are faithful. Lord, we confess that we do a good job enough in our own sinfulness. But we confess that in your faithfulness, you have given us all the good things that we have. We confess that that all of the goodness that we have in our relationships with you, in our relationships with each other, comes from you for the sake of, of the world around us. Lord, help us to receive your gift of grace and salvation. And help us to turn around and give it to those around us as well. Lord, as we, as we sing, we ask that you would help us to, to know our own sinfulness. That you would reveal to us the ways in which, uh, well, we have blamed others maybe for our own selfishness. Help us to confess and lay those things down. Help us to desire to want to be like you, not just because of some eternal reward. Help us to want to be like you so that we can participate in your mission of salvation in our world. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.